Hey, what's up, everyone? Ben Standing here, Standing Room Only Podcast. It's GM Search Week, and I think we are almost <laughs> to the end of it. But uh, I'm talking to you guys on Tuesday night. I thought by now we would have had word from the Ashburn Conclave smoke coming out uh, <laughs> from, from, the, from the building saying that there's a new GM officially. It's not official, but all signs, of course, now, by now, I'm sure you know, point to former Carolina Panthers GM Marty Herney. I uh, wrote about that on The Athletic, and uh, you can go check that out. We're going to talk about Marty Herney today. I interviewed, or I had a chat with uh, my pal Joe Person, who covers the Carolina Panthers for The Athletic, which means he has covered Ron Rivera and Marty Herney at length. So he and I talked about what it means if Marty Herney is definitively the, the person, uh, and uh, what what he thinks about it, what he can tell us about Marty Herney's history, and and so on. Um, we'll talk about what it, mean, what it may mean a little bit more specifically to Washington here in just a second on the podcast. Um, just a quick reminder, you can read my work up on The Athletic, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig, and of course you can subscribe to this podcast if you're not already, uh, iTunes, Spotify, all that all that fun stuff. Before I get into anything else, as I said, I'm talking to you guys Tuesday night. Wednesday is the uh, inauguration in town, um, just for specifically anybody who's in D.C., but obviously just anybody anywhere. Uh, be safe. Hopefully tomorrow is just going to be a, a usual transition of power. But, you know, obviously there's a reason why this entire city is on or downtown is all on lockdown right now, which is a crazy thing to consider, but it is what it is. Hopefully everything is going to go okay. Be safe. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hope for the best on all that front. Um, so as I said, you know, uh, I woke up, so last, so on Monday was when word first came down, um, the first report came that Marty Herney was being interviewed and that he looked like he was the favorite, which not a surprise. I mean, you know, when I wrote on The Athletic, that uh, they were looking to make an outside hire, which would which meant not Kyle Smith. We'll get to him hopefully in a second. Um, Marty Herney was the obvious name because of the Rivera connection. Ron Rivera has been all about bringing back his former Carolina Panthers uh, people with him. There's about a dozen on the coaching staff, multiple people in the front office already, including Eric Stokes, who interviewed for the position, former uh, Redskins tight end Donnie Warren, head trainer Ryan Vermillion, lots of people with his organization from Carolina. So it would make obvious sense that Marty Herney would be one of those people. Marty Herney uh, hired Ron Rivera back in back in 2011. Um, they worked. Marty Herney was, was a GM twice at Carolina. The first time from 2002 to 2012. Then again, 2017. Although officially the, uh, he was interim that first year, full time in 2018, and then he was just fired with two games remaining in the uh, in this past season. So it would it would make all kind of sense in the world. I mean, you know, you never know for sure what was Ron Rivera looking for, so on and so on. Um, and so, what does it mean? What 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 do we think about it? Look, I, so what I wrote, if you haven't read it on the Athletic, I won't give away the whole article, but basically. For me, the gist of it was, it's a safe call. The R Riverboat Ron Rivera 
known for his gambling styles, or at least that's the perception, as the coach went for comfort food, essentially, over something new and different. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. It's just not exciting. Uh, that doesn't mean it can't, it can't work. Obviously, Marty Herney, at a very base level, his track record is the Panthers went to the Super Bowl in his second season in 2003. When they went back, um, they, they started a three-year run, as we know, making the playoffs in 2013. So he was already gone. But the, but the core of that team under Rivera, guys like Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, they were guys he, uh, Marty Herney drafted in the first round. Obviously, the Panthers make Super Bowl, the Super Bowl in 2015, go 15-1. and one. Uh, But there's also, similar to Rivera, and I don't, Joe and I talked about this, there's a lot of up and down with over the, over the course of his time. Um, uh, clearly, Rivera likes him. Otherwise, this is, this is why, you know, uh, he would be interested. Now, by the way, just to be clear, it hasn't been officially announced yet. What I was told... This morning, basically, when I woke up and, and things started to happen, was that they're working towards an agreement. And I haven't heard any reason to suggest it's not going to to happen. Um, things can get weird in negotiations, but all signs are pointing to that. So take it for what it's take it for what it's worth on that. We can we we can move forward. Is it conceivable that somebody else who was a who was part of that uh, the interview process could also join the the, the, the situation? I don't I don't know. I, you know. Ron Rivera has kept this pretty close to the vest as far as what he's looking for. That's both in terms of like what this what this GM role is. I talked about that here on the podcast now a couple of times, um, as well as even the idea of how many people does he want to have extra in the in the, in the front office. Clearly, if Marty Herney is the call again, looks like it is. He wanted an experienced hand, somebody he can trust, but also somebody who can take a lot of those responsibilities. Um, off his off his plate, right? Um, that that seemed like a very important um, component for him. He never, I don't know if he technically ever said that he was sort of bogged down this season by the constant, you know, by having to have sort of wear these two hats. But I think it's pretty obvious that that was that that was the case. Um, so Marty Herney has been there, done that kind of a guy. Um, Here's, you know, I, I checked around in the, the, the league with different folks, uh, people in front offices, agents, you know, others are, you know, others around football. And, you know, I think by and large, people are pretty um, respectful of the move. I'll just read you a couple of texts that I got from people. Uh, one of them said, quote, very good evaluator, can make tough decisions. Best attribute is his ability to work with all types of people and transcend all different departments. Um, let me find another one here that I had. Uh, good hire for them. He has a lot of experience, both with scouting and negotiations. He's a veteran executive who brings a lot to an organization. You know, look, again, there's reason to be optimistic about a Marty Herney hire. Um, and, uh, you know, Joe Person and I will get into it a bit more. I think, obviously, what's interesting about this is what does this mean now for this well, actually, let me just say this. So part of the reason why this is not exciting for people is, as I said, the whole Carolina connection, right? It's sort of like, does Ron Rivera know other people besides people he's worked with before? Now, it's worth noting that in life, you know, we tend to trust the people that we know we can trust, right? I mean, we've all been in situations before where you go into, you go in with optimism to a new job, 
a new relationship, whatever it may be. And then to find out that that person maybe doesn't have your back or they, you know, they're, they're fronting a certain image, a certain, a certain uh, thought pattern only to find out that that's not how it goes. And if you're Ron Rivera where you have this control, you have this power, there's no reason that bring in uh, random variables that could mess things up as far as you see it. You know, uh, he brought in Jack Del Rio to be the defensive coordinator, somebody he had not worked with, but he and Jack Del Rio have known each other going all the way back to their college playing days in the Pac-10, both as linebackers uh, in college and in this league, So and, and, and coaches. So, you know, he at least, I think, has a sense of who Jack Del Rio is, um, for sure. And it's worth noting, and, and, and Kevin Sheehan um, pointed this out on Twitter, but obviously I think it, it makes sense. You know, before we say, hey, why is he only hiring the Carolina people? You know, they didn't, they didn't do that bad this year. I know the 7-9 and nine record is not exciting, and some people will say, well, it's not even a winning record. It is also more than double the wins the team had the previous year. They did all that without real, without any real consistency out of their quarterback position. They did win the division. I know the NFC East was terrible, but whatever. They won five of their last seven games. And, you know, the two losses were the starts without Alex Smith. And then, of course, they also lost the playoff game um, without Alex Smith in there, even though, obviously, uh, Taylor Heineke did fine. So, you know, when you look at, you know, the offensive line, I think more than held up this year, better than expected. You know, John Matsko was one of those coaches that Rivera brought over. Um, What else can you point to? I mean, I think, you know, Scott Turner, I think, you know, showed some good things, showed some creativity. Obviously, another one of the Rivera Guys as well, the defensive line, you know, Sam Mills, the defensive line coach, you know, obviously Chase, adding Chase Young helped helped a lot. But, you know, there was a lot of talk about how they needed to get some of these guys in the defensive line to listen to them about new techniques, different things to do. And, and eventually they did it, Rivera said. And, and you know, I think Sam Mills, uh, you know, would get some credit for that. So it's not like they, you know, did a poor job. So why are you putting the band back together? But at the same time, it is very curious to say the least. Now, as for what does what does this mean for the front office overall? Look, that's one of the reasons why it's a little bit hard to, to know right now. We, we, until they tell us one that it's official with Marty Herney, and two, how what the breakdown is, who who's doing what, are they adding new people, what's going on? It's a little hard to, to guess. The big question, of course, for people is what happens to Kyle Smith out of this, right? Vice President of Player Personnel, uh, an up and comer, it seems like in the in the industry, he's had. Uh, Washington has had some good successes in recent years with the draft and he being in charge of both the pro and college personnel departments this year would logically have to get a lot of credit for what was a pretty good offseason on both of those on both of those fronts. And it was very surprising that it's not so much that he didn't become the general manager, if that's how it plays out, but that he didn't get interviewed while Eric Stokes, the team's director of pro personnel, did. You know, if I want to sit here and say that once Marty Herney becomes official, and Kyle Smith, either because the team just says, hey, we're going to move on, or he says, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'd like to get out of here, or he gets promoted um, to another team, but say an assistant general manager or rung above where he's at now. Um, you know, could it, could, you know, it would seem to me logically that Eric Stokes could be the guy they would promote to that VP of player personnel spot simply based on the fact that, again, he worked with Marty Herney and Ron Rivera. That seems to be what they're trying to do. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Marty Herney's track record as a drafter with Joe Person, so hang tight for that. Um, 
look, I can't sit here and tell you that losing Kyle Smith would be a disaster. I can't, none of us would know, but I understand why people would be worried or concerned or frustrated or angry because, you know, he looks like he's a, he, he's on the rise. He's had, he has a good reputation. You know, the whole Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, maybe Kevin O'Connell, like all these younger guys that have left. And that's the thing, right? This is why the Marty Herney hire, regardless of whether it's the quote unquote right move or not, it doesn't feel exciting because it, He's, it's a been there, done that. He's a 65-year-old guy who, you know, we've seen what he can do. What about somebody that's different, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, when you, when you eat the same food every day, which I can certainly have, there's a couple meals that I'll, I'll get all the time for sure. Uh, Bowie Monger uh, Delicatessen in D.C., I, I get the, uh, the Bowie Wrap, which is like a grilled chicken inside of like a spinach wrap a lot. There's a grilled chicken salad sandwich I'll get a lot if I go there. Uh, And I've gone to that place a hundred times. I mean, I'm not going there so much during the pandemic, but you know what I mean? Get delivery. But when you go into somewhere I've never been before, it's, it's exciting. It can also be a little, like, I don't know what, what, what's about to happen here. Is the food good? Is it up to the hype that I've heard? Is it overrated? Uh, You know, and there's something to be said for that. And obviously Ron Rivera leans towards the comfort side of life uh, on these fronts. So it's not a knock. It's just... Yeah, it's kind of a, well, all right, well, I guess we expected this. It seems to be happening, and, and we'll see what we make of it. Again, I think there's reason to be hopeful, but at the same time, it's not exciting. L- last thing I guess I'll just say on this, you know, they're in a very interesting situation right now, right? Not only is there some optimism coming off of this season, not only, and that's not only because they won a bunch of games late in the season, made the playoffs and all that, but they won five of the last seven. There is momentum. And a lot of the players who were the key pieces for the season are guys on rookie contracts. Chase Young, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Deron Payne, John Allen, Cam Curl, um, you know, and so on. Now, obviously, they've got to get a quarterback. Duh. <laughs> right? Got to get a quarterback. But um, that, that that's going to have to be priority. Ron Rivera and, and Herney went through this once before. They ended up with Cam Newton. I guess you could say that worked out. They had the number one pick. They didn't blow it, uh, and they got a guy who took them to the Super Bowl. Um, but we'll see. I'm not gonna. I, and and I told you guys a few weeks ago. Don't get worked up about some of these names. N- none of us can say whether Ryan Cowden was the right call or JoJo Wooden. It, Ryan Cowden from the Tennessee Titans has the same title as Kyle Smith, JoJo Wooden from the Chargers, another guy that they were looking at. I, I couldn't tell you if these guys are the right guys. You hear positive things about them, and maybe there's a, maybe, you know, new is different, uh, you know, uh, and would be, arguably be better. I can't tell you that definitively. So right now we're going off perception, and the perception is Ron Rivera made a safe call. It doesn't mean he made the wrong call. We will see. But hopefully by the time you hear this, maybe there's been an announcement. Maybe there hasn't been. Uh, we'll find out soon enough. All right, let's get to it, though. I've gotten more in-depth, though, about Marty Herney, his track record, what to what to make of this hire, uh, with a guy who's covered him a long time, Joe Person, the Athletics Carolina Panthers beat writer. We'll get to that here in a second on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right, uh, as promised here on the uh, Standard Room Only podcast, the guy who I, literally he should be covering this beat because he's he's way more familiar with all the people involved, it appears, that than, than I am. Joe Person, our, our uh, Carolina Panthers reporter, covered – Ron Rivera for many years and Marty Herney this year, among others. Uh, Joe, I appreciate it. Uh, so, are you are you moving here? Did you already call the moving truck? Would it just would it be easier for you to just to cover these guys than you have a new GM and a relatively new coach down there? 
It's funny because uh, we used to refer to the Bills as Carolina North uh, with Brandon Dean and Sean McDermott and a ton of players who went up there from, from Charlotte. And now Washington, I guess it's it's like Carolina D.C. Bureau or Capitol Bureau. The mid, yeah, mid, the mid Atlantic, uh, <laughs> mid Atlantic. I mean, like to to that end, like I, so. As we're talking, it's uh, what the heck is today? Tuesday, Tuesday, like three o'clock in the afternoon. They have not officially announced that Marty Herney is the GM, but it, every sign is pointing in that direction. Um, so we'll see what what happens. But you know, if this happens, then like you said, it's going to be reuniting Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, two guys who worked together in two different stints in Carolina. And you mentioned Buffalo. Brandon Bean was under Marty Herney in the front office. John McDermott was Ron Rivera's defensive coordinator, I, I believe. Is that? A, I know Carolina had the 2015 season. They go 15 and one, make the Super Bowl, lose locally. That was the Josh Norman team, um, Cam Newton, obviously. Uh, is are you surprised? that that many people like we see these trees happen people always want to take the Belichick disciple or whatever are you surprised that that many people have ultimately come out of that situation for better or for worse that teams around the league wanted to emulate that yeah a little bit because like you said this was a a, a franchise that at the end of all that they only had one Super Bowl appearance to show for it now they did, as, as Ron Rivera often points out, they did go to the three consecutive playoff, make, make the three playoff appearances in a row, albeit one of those like this year for Washington with the losing record. But Rivera had a really good staff. I mean, he, he was well-respected. He'd been around the league for so long. Besides the guys you just mentioned, Ben, you know, Steve Wilkes went and had, had a obviously for him, just one year stint in Arizona. And same thing with Rob Chizinski back before any of these other guys got hired. He was the first Rivera kind of coaching branch. He goes to Cleveland for a year and, and gets fired. So those two, those two did not end up becoming, you know, big, long standing branches on that, on that cliche tree. But uh, it, 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 it is surprising. Brandon Bean was like, it was just a matter of time before that guy got hired. And same with McDermott. And I think if the Panthers could do it over again, uh, Jerry Richardson, obviously, was on the team at that point. If they could have found a way, and, and it wouldn't have been that hard, to make Brandon Bean the GM instead of, uh, instead of the second tenure for Herney, then I think it would have made a lot of Panthers fans a, a, a lot happier here. And, uh, and, and, you know, look, we've seen what Bean's done. He's a sharp young uh, dude who uh, well-respected in league circles. I mean, it's been interesting. Like, obviously now we have a year with Ron Rivera, so we don't have to keep going back to the Carolina days to figure out what happened, but it's such a weird career. He, he's twice NFL coach of the year. Again, they make the Super Bowl in 2015 with a 15 and one record. Another year they had 12 wins, another year 11 wins. And yet all the other seasons were losing records. We obviously hear, heard plenty of talk about how one year they make the playoffs with a losing record. He repeats the trick again this time, but it's such an uneven situation from the res overall resume. And then therefore Marty Herney, it's sort of the same way. And I want to ask you about, about him. So we don't have to get into his whole background, the former sports reporter, uh, turned uh, GM, which is obviously for all of us, <laughs> you know, makes him like a, 
like a, like an idol on some level. Uh, <laughs> well, and he had the stint here where he, in fact, he still owns uh, one of the local sports talk radio stations here, which is what he was doing in between the two GM stints uh, with the Panthers. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, 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 he's doing it all. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, so he, he, he gets hired as the GM in 2002. The next year, the next season, Carolina makes the Super Bowl. This was like maybe one of the best Super Bowls ever. Uh, Jake DeLome, Tom Brady, uh, they, they come up short, but okay, fine. You move forward. He gets fired in, in, in 20. He makes the playoffs three times in total in that first thing, gets fired in 2012. In 2013 uh, is when things start to, I guess, they, they start the run of three straight playoff appearances with the 2015 Super Bowl appearance with a lot of guys that he ended up drafting in the first round, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, uh, Thomas Davis, just to name a few, plus Josh Norman was drafted in the fifth round that year. So we, I guess you sort of give him credit for that. Then in 2017, he comes back on the interim basis, but he only comes in right before the season starts, I believe. And that team wins 11 games. So I don't know how much you give him air quotes credit for that. So it's this weird thing. Like, I don't, I mean, credit is a weird dynamic in this business. You don't always know who's, who, who did, who gets responsible for what, but how do you assess like Marty Herney's career? There's points to say positively, did a great job. He helped effectively build two Super Bowl teams. On the other hand, I, I don't know. Did he, did he, is he <laughs> like, what, what's the line? So from your, were you there the first stint, the whole stint or? No, no, I got here in 2010, which was just a, a dismal year for the Panthers. They, they, had hit, they had hit reset. Herney and, and Jerry Richardson had, had made the decision that they were just going to gut the roster. John Fox was a uh, lame duck coach, and they, but, but they went 2-14, and 14, largely with Jimmy Clausen at quarterback, and that netted them Cam Newton with the number one pick. Uh, in 2011 so and, and that's where kind of Ron Rivera picks up and that's where this Rivera and and Herney uh, deal kind of and um, yeah I mean Herney's career is complicated and 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 maybe that's being generous if you look up which I did when he was fired I don't have it right in front of me but I think that's 17 years as the as the GM here and not many winning seasons. I mean, most of the time they were sub 500. He did draft, you know, his first round draft success was, was stellar. I mean, just he, he got those right. And, 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 and that's, there's something to be said for that. I mean, because there are franchises, you know, they, they, you can't mess those up. Herney did not mess those up. I mean, you, you mentioned a couple of the names. I mean, going back to, uh, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart, Julius Peppers, I think was, was Marty's first draft here. Um, and, and Thomas Dave, all of them. He really later on, uh, second and third day of the draft, not as successful. And, and then just free agency was, was not good for, for Marty Herney, uh, either with his own guys who he often signed to, uh, too, too, too much money. He, he got a little too emotional, his own words, uh, his first stint. Uh, he vowed he wasn't going to do that in his second stint, but then they turned around and gave Christian McCaffrey a ton of money, uh, which, yeah, it's a hard decision. Look, I, I mean, McCaffrey was coming off a historic year, a thousand, a thousand yard season, but um, 
but to your point, when you look at the ledger, uh, he did draft all those, you know, he was responsible for putting together most of that 2015 Super Bowl team, even if he wasn't around uh, to see it through. That would have been Dave Gettleman while, while Herney was on his uh, radio station. Um, you mentioned um, the, 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 the salary cap situation. I get my, my sense is just in reading back and some of the work from you and from, uh, from others at, at the time, that that was a big reason why he was, he was let go. But it's so interesting that Ron Rivera is hired in 2011 and Marty Herney is fired the next season. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip end, Rivera is fired in 2019 with Marty Herney as the GM. Uh, maybe it's because I'm used to like the, the infighting here over the years that I would look at that and think, boy, these guys, maybe there's like some, some, some payback, some retribution, people that always play nice, you force people out. Clearly that's not the case. Clearly it looks like they're going to get back to, to, together. How did, uh, what was your sense of the relationship throughout between these two guys over the years that clearly it was, it was it clearly it looks like it's more them versus I guess, whoever was the owner at the time, as opposed to, not you know, in terms of them battling each other. Yeah, it's a great question. I, they, they do have a genuine uh, rapport and respect for one another. And uh, a couple reasons. Uh, you remember back in the late, you know, like 2008 to 2009, and even, even like 2007, Ron Rivera was getting a ton of head coaching interviews. Mm-hmm. He will tell you that some of those were kind of Rooney rule, checking the box type interviews that he didn't have a chance. He went through eight of those, I think, or seven maybe prior to the Panthers. Well, Marty Herney hired him. You know, like he, he was the one that finally got Ron Rivera that head coaching job that Rivera had coveted and had been, you know, in the mix for, but had never, had never gotten. So you know, that goes a long way when this is, this is the guy who, who gave me his shot, gave me my shot. And then in 2012, there, I always, I've heard different things about this, but you know, there were some, there were some people in the building who suggested to me that they were losing again. It was the second straight year that Ron Rivera's team had gotten off to a bad start and that Jerry Richardson knew he had to make a change. And did Marty Herney kind of take the fall for, for Rivera? I don't know if that was the case, but I do, I was told it was sort of a mutual agreement that, that Herney said, you know, no, I get it. You know, let Ron keep coaching. And I'll, I, I don't know. It's hard to know to what level uh, there was any sort of altruism there, but, but really to my earlier point, I, I think Ron always respected the fact that, that Marty, made him uh, a head coach for the first time. And then Herney has a real reputation, Ben, for, for being uh, you know, a straight shooter and an honest forthright guy in this business. Uh, I had an agent tell me that today, that like in a business where a lot of people are, are kind of you know steering you the wrong way, that Herney has always been honest in his dealings with him. Um. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting, especially in that 2012 thing. Uh, that's that's as fascinating as to if he if he actually took a bullet. And like to your point about Rivera getting um, passed over, I remember asking Ron during the season when when they played Seattle, and I went back and had done some looking into uh, 
the GM, the, the GM coach dynamic there with Pete Carroll and John Schneider that in that research that when Pete Carroll was hired, Ron Rivera, I don't know if he was the runner up, but it was sort of inferred that he was the other guy being, being looked at. And I, I think I asked him like, what did he learn from those early um, interviews? And, you know, I forget what he said. I think he, he was in the season. It was probably the wrong time to ask, but, but, uh, but, but yeah, I'm sure that that's an interesting point that like he's getting, I remember he was getting talked about a lot and then ultimately somebody hires and yes, that's going to, make an impact on you and that's what's so interesting about ron rivera is that it's 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 not just marty herney it's not just scott turner it's everybody there's like 12 uh, something like 10 or 12 people on the coaching staff who were from carolina the, the trainer is from carolina their, their current salary cap guy rob rogers from carolina and just the fact that he clearly covets this level of familiarity in his life which is interesting because what i wrote today was about how this guy with the riverboat Ron reputation that he's willing to be aggressive and go for it is the literal opposite when it comes to how he assembles the people around him. He doesn't want to take chances on newcomers for the most part. Uh, he, I mean, even a guy like Jack Del Rio, who he hadn't worked with, he, he and Jack Del Rio have been intertwined in various ways for 30, 40 years, going back to their college days playing. So he very much likes that level of, of comfort. Do you kind of find that in your dealings with Ron over the years that, that, that how, how important that is to him? No doubt about it. And I, I have to think that some of that is his military background, just the whole idea not, not we're not going to sit here and wait football to, to the military, but you know, he, he grew up on army bases and he saw that sort of level of trust and, and uh, spree de corps, so to speak. And I think he is loyal as the day is long. Uh, you just mentioned a, a bunch of those guys on his staff. And, and then you got guys like Sam Mills uh, and Pete Hayner on the coaching staff. I mean, it, the fact that it is from the very top of, of the Washington football team organization now with Herney through Rob Rogers, all the way down to like their IT guy who, who Ron brought up from Charlotte, who, by the way, was very well respected here too. So yeah, it is, it is interesting. And, and again, maybe I'm, maybe it's a reach to suggest the military, but there is something in him that very much feels secure. And, and his first coaching staff here was, was like that too. I mean, you know, Rob Chudzinski was a guy he had coached with before in San, then San Diego. Uh, when he had to make a coach, excuse me, a coordinator change just a couple of years ago, who'd he turn to? Norv Turner. Uh, at one time, there were three Turners on the staff then. It was a short time, but he had Norv's nephew on the staff, and then he hired uh, Scott and Norv. And Ernie or somebody said, look, we, we, this is, we can't do this. So, so they, they had the nephew go, you know, politely asked him to go find another job. But the, the whole Turner thing, I think, is a perfect illustration of the point you were making. So, uh, and we're talking here with uh, my, my friend Joe Person, our Panthers beat writer. You can follow Joe on Twitter, at Joseph Person. He's, like I said, he clearly has insight into these people. I'm sure he'll be tweeting out thoughts as things happen and he, and he comes across things. Um, so look, uh, ageism is a real thing. I'm getting up there. And so I don't want to remotely suggest that just because you're 65 years old, like Marty Herney is, that that means you're outdated and shouldn't have these positions. Um, that said, it, it appears, tell me what's, what's fact versus fiction, that 
in, in, in announcing why he fired Marty Herney, the owner of the Panthers, David Tepper, cited to some degree analytics in that he is a proponent of it and that maybe Marty Herney was not as much as he wanted to be. And I believe things were also, if not said, inferred when Ron Rivera was let go. And Ron Rivera has talked a lot about going with his gut and that analytics is a piece of the puzzle, but not necessarily a driving force for him. How much, and, and so I think for some people that's going to be worrisome because analytics has become this, you know, the money ball world we're all living in is this, it's a sign of pro, uh, progressive thinking if nothing else. So what, what's, your, what's, what's your sense of that aspect as to what led to Tepper making the move on both of those guys? And is it overstated to say that both Rivera and, uh, and Marty Herney are, I don't know if behind the times is the right term, but that they don't rely on it the way maybe people want somebody in 2021 to, to do. Yeah, I think that's fair. The, the last part, what you said there, that they didn't, neither Ron nor Marty rejected the analytics, but they just, they hadn't grown up with it. So it wasn't as natural for them, I don't think, to rely on it, to really dig in and, and you know, kind of dive deep into it, like, like you see the younger generation doing. And so they look, they got the memo. Like they knew. In fact, I'd I'd been told here that that if anything, Marty was a little more receptive to it than Ron was. But but again, I don't think it was either of them, you know, turning their back to it. It was just it, it just was not uh, you know, it wasn't uh it, it wasn't hum it wasn't natural to them, so to speak. So uh, and then the Panthers turned around here after all that talk and they hired a traditional scout in Scott Fitter who, uh, but you know, you talk to people, I talk to people close to Fitter and it's like, we, all these teams do analytics. Like that, just the fact, the fact that Scott Fitter, and I don't want to go too deep in the Panther stuff, but the fact that he wasn't like just a analytical guru doesn't mean he hasn't used and utilized analytics and and same thing for for Rivera and Herney but certainly they are kind of of an older school old school mentality Herney is a guy and you'll you'll find this out that he wants to go see people play want college prospects play in person like he is at a game just about every Saturday during the season pre-COVID uh, you'd run into him in the press box in Kansas City or wherever the, the Panthers were playing on Sunday. And you say, where, where were you yesterday? And he would, you know, and it wasn't like he was just playing somewhere close or, or scouting close to where the Panthers were playing. He, he had a game that he wanted to go see. And, and so, yeah, he is of that old school ilk and uh, kind of a scouting first mentality where trust your gut probably does trump uh, what it's saying on the analytical chart. Um, so we're talking about like how Ron's put the band back together more or less across the board. Quarterback is a major question for this team. I, you know, Alex Smith, his whole physical journey, can you trust him? And he's got a big number. Kyle Allen, another member of the ex Panthers played this year, did okay, but got hurt. Taylor Heineke, another, another <laughs> ex Panthers involved. Um, I don't know if anybody logically thinks that any of that is the answer, at least as a week in week out starter. And so the question becomes, well, what do you do? Cam Newton is obviously in theory, it looks like he could be available again. We think I wasn't surprised that they didn't bring him in last year because 
even they at least had to probably see what they had in Dwayne Haskins and Cam Newton would sort of overshadow that way Kyle Allen wouldn't, but now that's not the issue. Um, I, 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 my understanding is that Rivera and Marty Herney were very, you know, at, attached at the hip in, in studying Cam Newton um, before, prior to drafting him in 2011. And if we're, if we're going to go with this whole game of bringing everybody back, I, what, I don't know, what, what, I guess, did you have any sense as to why they didn't go after him last year or like were you surprised that they didn't and if so does it make logical sense that they would possibly want to bring him back bring him here yeah it seems to me like if they were going to do that it would have been last year but but you make a good point I mean they had to kind of give Haskins a shot I don't know I, I think these guys know Cam better than anyone and that mean and and that's good you know that that means they know his good traits but it also means they know his medical chart better than anyone now, now them and Bill Belichick. And I don't know. I think when you watch Cam play this year, it, it looked much like his last couple of years here. A valiant warrior who was going to, you know, run and stretch and fight for seven yards, scramble to keep the first down chains moving, keep the drive alive. But throwing the football just did not look, anywhere close to, you know, his, his 2015 self. Uh, and, and that shoulder has been operated on twice now. I've had, um, you know, kind of sports medicine experts tell me that it's the, some of the terminology, of course, Cam puts everything out on, or at least for a while was doing all these video blogs. And he, he documented his second shoulder surgery and I had some sports medicine experts or, you know, shoot, one, one former team doctor say all that stuff they were talking about post-surgery suggests he's got an arthritic shoulder and I don't know that you ever get better, better and back to 100% from that. So those, were, those would be the kind of things that R Rivera would have to weigh and Marty Herney would have to weigh where Cam is concerned. I mean, you... You wonder, my thing with Cam now is it doesn't look like to me that he is a, a, a number one quarterback, or, or at least for a team that, you know, wants to, like every team wants to get in the playoffs. Would he, it, would his ego allow himself to sign somewhere, be it Washington or wherever, as a number two? I don't know. <laughs> it, it my, my short answer would be no, that knowing Cam like I do, I, I can't imagine him going somewhere where he's not the starter, but you reach a point in your career at that position. I mean, he could hang around a lot more years if he wanted to, to kind of take on that role. And that we'll see, see how much uh, Cam's willingness to do something like that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me, but again, if we're just, <laughs> You know, if you're just going to keep bringing everybody back, I mean, that clearly that guy was uh, somebody you had a lot of success with. Speaking of which, and I, I knew I need to get, get you out of here, I, I was just thinking to myself, let me, I'm going to have you save me some time. Every, every, every week this year, whenever they needed somebody for the practice squad, it would just be somebody who was on Carolina last year. So now that the Marty Herney's here too, I'm looking at a list of, of free agents for the Carolina Panthers going to 2021. So just tell me which of these guys are coming here. I mean, they need another wide receiver. Curtis Samuel's a free agent. Um, I don't technically know that they're going to need a left tackle, but Russell Okung's out there. I don't know, Taylor Moten, I don't know what his deal is. They need linebackers. I see to hear Whitehead and some other names. 
who who on this who on this list of free agents would I mean I'm half kidding but half serious like who would you think would be guys that Ron and Marty Herney would say yeah I want them here and it doesn't actually yeah I mean top of the guys it could be guys like a Jared Norris who you know were at the sort of the end of the roster yeah right that's what I was going to say is like some of those guys you mentioned like Okun was was kind of brought in after after Ron left right but uh but Taylor Moten you know Ron's very familiar with Moten he's a terrific player I don't know where the Redskins are with the right tackle but he's he's gonna you know he's gonna get himself a nice payday and then they have like a backup like this is a random name to mention but his name actually came up with someone I was talking to with the the other day Uh, Tyler Larson was like a backup lineman for four five years here under Ron He's like the kind of guy, like, no, it, it, it's, it's not a major free agent signing. But to your point about these guys with Carolina connections, I think someone like that you could absolutely see showing up. Curtis Samuel, you know, again, he, Moten and Samuel are the, the Panthers' top two free agents. And uh, uh, I don't know that the Panthers are going to sign, re sign Samuel just because Moten, I believe, is going to be their priority. And at wide receiver, they already have a, a, you know, he's number three here behind Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. But uh, (laughs) yeah, you're smart to keep that list of Panthers uh, free agent (laughs) at the ready until uh, late March. Yeah, no, Curtis Hill makes a lot of sense. I mean, they really do need a number two. And I don't know exactly where he was this year from a fantasy football perspective. It didn't seem like he was uh, that exciting this year, but I know he was pretty, pretty interesting at times over the last couple of years. Um, all right, well, Joe, well, speaking of uh, keeping, you know, a list in front of me, I'm keeping you on speed dial because, because uh, <laughs> you know, it's just relentless, this this Carolina connection here, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, we, at the moment we're talking, they still haven't announced anything. I didn't even ask you about Eric Stokes, who is is, is part of the front office as well, and, uh, and who knows who else will be, uh, who else will be coming on board. I'm sure it could be all kinds of people uh, that we don't know about yet. Um, but Joe, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, best of luck with your situation down there. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, man. I appreciate you. Holler at me anytime. All right. Awesome conversation with Joe. Definitely knows his stuff. Um, hopefully uh, his uh, phone wasn't, uh, or we were doing it over Zoom. Hopefully his audio was okay. So uh, sorry for some of those hiccups. Still working on the, it's an off-season project to, to work on the, uh, the audio overall here and, and see what we can do but for zoom has been the way to go so we'll see if there's, a, if there's something else i can do but hopefully it's all right uh i haven't heard too many complaints um all right so that's it so again it's uh you know it's it's thursday night or sorry thursday night tuesday night still haven't heard anything yet on the marty herney uh hiring if that's official it's uh, you know just haven't heard anything and the fact that it, the inauguration is tomorrow, meaning Wednesday. I, I just it would be surprising if they announce it then, unless it's sort of a to bury the news. I, I don't know, but in any event, we'll be on it. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know if I'll do an emergency pod at that point because it feels like this is kind of already that. Unless there's more to it, or we get anything definitive on the rest of the front office, maybe that would warrant something. I do have another podcast though planned for this week. I, I recorded a, a really good interview. Um, I'll just say it has to do with um, quarterbacks. Kind of leave it at that. Uh, but that's uh, but, th- but that'll be coming up. So just make sure you subscribe. 
to the podcast, iTunes, or wherever you do your wherever you do your podcasting. Hopefully, we should be we should be there. Um, beyond that, you know, once we get past here, the GM search, you know, there's always Washington football team stuff in the air, but not, you know, there's not a ton else happening. Um, normally, I'd be going to the Senior Bowl. Alas, that's not happening this year. Uh, the Senior Bowl is going on. It's just not happening in any way, shape, or form that we're used to. Meaning, meaning the media. Um, you know, when I went last year, actually was last year I went for the first time. Um, you know, there was a lot of opportunities to talk to people around the league and the players after the, there were two two practices, two full days of practice that I went to, and then after the practice, you were able to walk out of the field and talk to the various players, but also anybody else was out of the field. Um, Nick Saban was out there, for example, last year, and some other notable people, um, including like you know people from teams. Uh, you're, you you had media day where you got to go talk to players one on one. I did a I did a, a story last year about Chase Young. This is before the draft, obviously, and I spoke to a bunch of Ohio State guys about. Well, tell me about Chase Young. And I was also tracking down a bunch of the tight ends because I thought for sure Washington was going to draft one. They ultimately, obviously, didn't didn't do that. Worked you know, they, they worked it out with Logan Thomas. So anyway, um. So none of that's happening. The combine not happening this year in Indianapolis. That one's a huge bummer to me. It was a great opportunity to 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 be around the league, get to get to meet people, sources, all that, and um, you know, really interesting uh, opportunity. But because of COVID, they're not doing it. There, it sounds like essentially pro days will be held on campuses, and they're going to try to make it in some uniform way. Um. So we'll see how we'll see how that goes, but it's going to be a very different offseason in that regard. I do plan on, of course, getting into the mock drafts once I sort of wrap up this aspect of, of um, the 2020 season, as well as another project or two that I'm working on, and then I'll start ramping up the draft talk for sure. Uh, Anyway, so that's about it for now. I, I, I was trying to think what else I could say, but it's it's late. I'm tired. It's been a long day already, and we have more to go. And tomorrow's going to be a really interesting day, possibly for the Washington football team as well as for the city and maybe, and maybe our country. But in any event, I wish everybody the best of luck on that front. Stay safe. Be good. Good thoughts. And, uh, you know, we're almost through all this, guys, uh, to some degree. Um, we'll see what happens. All right. That's it for now. Ben Standig signing off here on the Standing Room Only podcast. Until next time. See ya.